0: We told you the story yesterday of the County Sligo woman who was raped back in 1992 and whose ordeal led to her and a handful of friends establishing the Sligo Rape Crisis Centre. And that centre has recently been marking its 30th anniversary. And this woman known as gone Annam gave a very honest and personal account of what it's like to have been raped, the trauma involved and the challenges one faces in the aftermath of such an attack which was the main reason for her deciding that such a local service uh, was needed.
1: Typically I suppose what you'd see, you know them talking about soldiers coming back from the war and the post-traumatic stress, like having nightmares and crying and shaking and totally out of the blue something would happen like all of a sudden I couldn't take off my clothes. Uh, for Like kind of weird, really weird things are almost having like, um, not quite hallucinations, but I just got really weird around sausages and I think they reminded me of penises or something and I was just going to vomit every time I
0: saw sausage. Like just kind of weird, bizarre stuff. Well, in the second part of that interview this morning, uh, Gone On has been expanding on some more of the issues involved faced by rape victims such as herself and how difficult life for her was and has been ever since her attack in 1992. To, to quote you again, you say, or you said, uh, you think every, I, I think everybody is as nice as I am, but this is not the real world. Sometimes I discover things the hard way. Has that always been the case in your life? Does it continue to be the case?
1: Uh, To some extent, yes, but I think as I'm getting older, I'm getting wiser as well. So, um, I'm learning, uh, I suppose one thing too, I mean, one good thing I learned from that rape is to trust my gut because I knew from my gut um, that that, that man had turned into somebody dangerous towards me at this stage so I suppose I I am learning over the years to first of all trust my gut and secondly maybe to make a plan B or have a backup and uh, just to be aware but in reality I suppose on the other side, I'm, a, I'm also just trying to say, well, you know, it's good to be a good person and be kind and gentle and empathetic and sensitive and generous and honest. Um, and even if not all the world is like that, I think definitely <coughs> we're attracted to each other. Um, us kind of people, um, yeah.
0: I, I want to ask you to elaborate on, on one important uh, point uh, where you say that you, you try to accept the fact that you have a disability and you very clearly fall into the disability category as far as you're concerned. What, what do you mean by that exactly? <laughs> uh what I mean is uh, when I read the definition
1: of disability where you have something that interferes uh with your life on an ongoing basis and um it <clears throat> really I can't remember exact definition now but basically I would say my mental health uh, my mental health deteriorated rapidly over the years and one of the things I hadn't realized, um, was that the kind of what they now call ace, adverse childhood experiences where there was a lot of uh, violence in my home. I didn't realise how much that had affected me. Uh, so when I ended up in counselling about the rape, all this started coming up and I realised that there were a lot of patterns uh, and kind of negative patterns that were already there that now all of a sudden after the rape in the court case it's like they became amplified. So I might have coped you know, and sorted them out on my own, but they became so huge in my life that it kind of started, well, immediately after the rape, I started drinking a lot. Um, So it started bringing me down the whole path of addiction. And then once I dealt with all that and got counselling support for that, and I didn't have that, then my mental health got really bad because then all these emotions were coming to the fore and I still hadn't learned a way of dealing with them. So my depression got much worse and my, what they call suicidal ideation, like I thinking about suicide got much worse. And one of the things I think is one of the scariest things to do in life is to drive yourself to a psychiatric hospital and admit yourself voluntarily. So I've done that a few times over the years And that's a pretty scary thing to do. Uh, So I have got to the point where I have to accept that um, I can't do and achieve all the things that I would like to do. I really have to keep a balance because, well, one of the diagnoses the psychiatrists give me is uh, emotional dysregulation. Like I don't have the ability... Yes, I'm still always working on it to regulate my emotions. So there would have been a little bit of that there probably before, uh, before the rape, but definitely after that, like as I say, everything just became huge. And of course I didn't realise it at the time, but I probably was going through post-traumatic stress for a long, long time. Uh, and then it would reoccur, and it actually reoccurred again about ten years ago. It was like I got this whole thing came back, and all the same symptoms came back again that I had before. Like I didn't go, to, I couldn't go for a shower. But it it's so weird because you don't know what's going on in your mind and your body. It's like something else takes over, and then eventually, I learned that this is what was happening. It was like a reawakening or a reoccurrence of the same post traumatic stress again.
0: I want to ask you a, a final question, and that's just how you are today. You have a family, you have a daughter. How 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 is your life today?
1: I'm getting there. I think... Um, I used to always think that, uh, you know, in another year I'll be better, and I'll be back to the way I was before, but that's never happened. Um, I think that... I have spent a huge amount of time, money and energy in healing myself and tried everything from, uh, move, I still do the, to- as I call it, the talking therapies, but I, you know, look at the whole lifestyle uh, and all the other complementary therapies and spiritual healing. or um, So I've kind of been forced to learn a lot of techniques, tools, changing patterns of behaviour, patterns of thoughts, uh, trying to create a lifestyle that's less complicated, more simple, trying to manage my energy and balance and keeping going a lot of supports. Uh, I go to the Grow Group which I call like twelve step for mental health. I have counsellor, I go for exercise, I have to like keep everything um going and uh, and I manage, I suppose I've ha- had a part-time job and I think I'm probably lucky I never got a full-time job because that way I manage to keep it going because I get good periods of kind of downtime in between. Um, I do feel there's so much more I would like to achieve, but I have to balance my energy. Um, and I suppose in the bigger picture... Uh, I function quite well considering uh, not only the rape in the court case, but then, you know, going back and looking at all the abuse that was in the childhood home and uh, how that kind of affects even your physical brain, let alone your body. Um, So I think... Overall, I'm still alive. Well, that's the main thing uh, because many of the time I spent time thinking about what it would be like not to be alive. And that wasn't because um, I didn't want to be alive. That was I just could not handle that kind of emotional pain and things that were going on in my body, in my mind, in my emotions that seemed like I had no control over them. And sometimes be very difficult to see Light at the end of the tunnel. But the other thing I, which makes me cope better now, is I've learned that in life it can often be like two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. So now I have, I've kind of lowered my expectations of having the perfect life and um, just what they say in growth, settle for disorder in lesser things for the sake of order in greater things and therefore be content to be discontent with many things and then you can kind of function in life um, the other thing I would say is that now that there is a rape crisis centre in Sligo and it goes Leitrim, Cavan area as well um, I would encourage people to make use of it and um, and there's a helpline, there's a phone line, they do counselling, they do other kinds of creative workshops. And um I for me definitely the main thing about the counselling is that you're holding on to so much uh I don't know, stuff let's say for want of a better word um, and at least when you go for counselling you're talking to a professional uh, you can talk about what you're going through and they'll probably understand i think that was always one of the hardest things for me is not understanding why do i feel this way or why is my body reacting like this so even just understanding it um kind of helps a lot so yeah so the the free phone is 1-800-750-780 and people can call and yeah it would encourage people to do that yeah